Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Hello, lovely crypto traders out the world. My name is Lystra. I'm your host. If you're new, welcome to the show. That rhymes. I am giving a personal update fast and quick so that you're in the loop because I have been, I still do the show, but I have been kind of in and out and I want to just level set. I have, for those that are hearing it for the first time, finally did solve the source of the unreasonable levels of pain as shingles, which I'm still in the middle of recovery for. And I would, I'm not going to bore you with the story. If you're interested, check out our sister podcast at casualtalkradio.net where I talked extensively. It's a dedicated episode about shingles, but the bottom line is this having all the different situations through my life. And I'm a fairly old dude and all the situations through my life where I've experienced some physical pain and some of it was self-inflicted and some of it was not. Nothing comes close to what I felt with shingles. The level of pain is outrageous to the point I couldn't stand up straight. I couldn't speak straight. I couldn't focus. Couldn't, I couldn't do what I normally do as well as I could do it. It wasn't that I wasn't complete. I was completely dysfunctional, but I certainly was not anywhere close to the level that I should be. And that was why I was so bothered because I've always ran at a high pace because that's who I am. So that's what it is. I'm drugged up. I actually have to take some more meds here in a moment after this episode, but drugged up and then have a cream that deals with the skin. What you were told, or most of you, because some of you are too young, but what you were mostly told about shingles is probably not true. And the recommendation for its vaccine, you were probably given faulty information. As I've learned, many of the people that are younger than me are, are getting it. And I'm going to tinfoil it and say it's related to the COVID lockdowns. You didn't hear that from me. Anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and get into our discussions. we got a couple of topics hitting hot and heavy. And then I want to answer a question from one of our triad members uh, real quick and just speak on it. Because I'm not seeing very much chatter about it. So I don't know if it's something that people just don't care or what the deal is. I'll briefly Mention that, and then I'll get into my updates and then some numbers here. As usual, we'll start with the numbers. Bitcoin, in the short term, 28,000 is not 
It's nothing to shake a stick at, but as I said, it doesn't feel like we're at the bull yet, and I maintain we're not. There is a sense of people wanting to buy. There is some buy pressure, but it doesn't feel like we're strong up. It feels like we're just kind of sideways, and theories are that people are kind of waiting for FOMC and see what that looks like. I also have some alternate theories about what's going on with Bitcoin and liquidity. I have some theories myself about other cryptocurrencies that are impacting Bitcoin, by which I mean purchase, buy, and sell behavior happening with other tokens might be flowing money from Bitcoin into those, but it's having a, I don't want to say a downward pressure, but it's having an impact on Bitcoin's price because in a sense, it's, it's flowing right back into Bitcoin. But picture this, if I were to take, I'll use clean numbers. If I were to take $10,000 of Bitcoin and I were to buy that with that whole 10,000, a bunch of AVAX. When that gets, if AVAX is using Bitcoin as backing liquidity somewhere, and I'm pretty sure it is, if it's somehow being stabilized by Bitcoin's price, if, let's assume, if my 10,000 of Bitcoin caused a div, that 10,000 of Bitcoin is no longer not, no longer worth $10,000, right? So if that's true, that means I've actually I've depreciated the, the asset. I've actually caused damage, not just to myself, but to the asset in general, which was an intriguing thought. This raised the question, well, is the flaw really that Bitcoin is kind of used as the underlying asset to some of this? To which I say yes, but I think it's more complex than that. Stable coins aren't really the answer. We know that because so many have failed and they can't seem to get their act together with regulation. So that's an open question. I still say Bitcoin has a very strong future ahead of it. Because it's in a strong, it's been in a strong position, even when it's dipped to unreasonable lows, we're still up from, from like, you know, 10 years ago. So I think at a macro level, Bitcoin is actually performing very well, comparatively speaking of where it should be. And people are living in the moment and they're only focused on the now. They're only looking at graphs now. They're not looking at the long, big picture that would tell them it's actually trending upward overall but it's a long haul that rhymes and you have to plan it. You have to time it. And in some cases you can't know how high it's going to go. What's that peak. And remember there are people way the hell richer than you and me put together who can impact it, but they'll never be able to impact it to a significant degree. So if I hit 70,000 on Bitcoin, they're never going to be able to drop it instantly by themselves. 10,000 bucks. It would take a, perfect storm of garbage, you know, them doing that, Gary Gensler, Jerome Powell, Elizabeth Warren, another war, you'd have to have so much terror, not terrorism, but terror, fear out there around it to cause a significant drop. So my advice to you, and it's only advice and choose to ignore it if you do, is to learn how to predict off the graph. This is why I always recommend that you look at the month chart and train yourself to detect whether the it's upward, and if it is upward, is it strong upward or is it weak upward? It's all it all ties together, but I think people struggle with that. They struggle because, as I said, when you go to any graphing tool, it doesn't matter if it's Trading View or PooCoin or whatever the heck. When you go there, they're going to default you to usually the day chart, if not the hour chart or four hour chart, because they want you to do something. They're triggering, they're, it's subconscious. They're triggering your, your FOMO. They want you to do something. And what I like to do is take a step back 
and analyze a longer period of time, which gives me patterns of data, which to me, personal opinion, generates stronger predictions for short-term gain. So when I look at the month chart right now for Bitcoin, as an example, Bitcoin's high today in the last 24 hours was just shy of 28.5, went down to just shy of 27.5. All right, so $1,000 sway tells you what? Tells you that it's been holding steady over the past day. If I look at the month chart, though, there's just barely more red than green. Just barely, but there is red, more than green. Because there's more red than green, I don't see that there's upward movement, as in it's probably about a sideways and might trend down a little bit after we record this and probably tomorrow. It's possible some catalyst spikes Bitcoin's price. Always can happen. But by doing some predictive measuring, using sentiment, number one, two, looking at the graph in an expanded view, not just the day. The day is a useless metric. It means nothing. Bitcoin's been around for over a decade. You can't use the day to tell you anything because what happened yesterday could be a blip, especially if that's why they say zoom out, right? It could be just a blip. Don't ignore it. It doesn't mean anything. My opinion. Now, when I go back then to Ethereum and I look at Ethereum's, Ethereum's looks worse than Bitcoin's now, whereas before, about what, three months ago, it was the opposite. Bitcoin looked like crap and Ethereum was looking amazing. Now we're flipped and Ethereum looks like crap, truly crap. And then Bitcoin looks way better in the long haul and decent in the short. So then I wonder what the heck happened. Now, part of this was the ETH2. This is where I wanted to clarify one of our triad members that asked the question about ETH2 and possibly a, a run to sell on all because the story that happened and I had done some of this a little bit. I didn't do a lot. Like Coinbase and all these other exchanges, they opened up the staking. When the, when the whole thing started with the proof of staking, they were chatting about it. It wasn't released yet. They opened up this ETH2 and they allowed people to stake to get ETH2. You just couldn't withdraw it. So I did a little bit of spare. I tossed it in there just to see what happened. I think I made like 12 cents off it. It didn't pay nothing. But it was whatever. And then it gets stuck in there. Pretty much every exchange left it stuck because the project was delayed to transition to proof of stake. Later... I don't know if it was just Coinbase, but I know it was a few of them. But when the proof of stake launched, this actually was before it launched. Then Coinbase said, hey, you can really, you can, you know, withdraw this if you want. And I withdrew it and I sold it because there was no reason at the time. It was so small. I wouldn't have made significant profit. I was just doing it to test the process. And when I saw they locked you down, I was like, all right, screw you. And you're, you're staking. Well, Robinhood, they recently sent me an email saying, yeah, we're about to allow you to unstake your ETH too. So then this triggered some questions. Okay, is there going to be a massive sell-off? And do I think there will be a massive sell-off? I do think there'll be sell-offs I will maintain. I think those people are making a bad call. I think those people are not seeing the forest for the trees. I think those people are missing key opportunities for profit, especially if they staked a lot. If they staked a lot at a time when the price was, let's say the price was, you know, 2000 bucks or whatever it was at the time. It was certainly higher than what it is. If they staked enough at that point, they are the loss, certainly, but it's an unrealized loss. You haven't lost anything unless and until you sell. So to me, I think it's stupid to just take the loss unless you really are just done with Ethereum. And if you're done with Ethereum, so be it. But if you're not done with Ethereum, I see no logic in selling right now. In fact, if they're smart, in my opinion, this is my opinion, if they're smart, I think they have an opportunity to make some really good money in 2024, if they hang on to whatever it is that they had been holding all this time and just hold the line. Of all the tokens and coins out there, 
Bitcoin, Ethereum, the core, the core coins can never steer you wrong, my opinion. So if you hang, if you hang on to those long haul, I think you're going to smile. I just want you to come back and give me my credit. But separately, I think that's my opinion that I wouldn't sell personally because I don't think it makes any sense. I did sell mine, but again, in mine, the stake was too small to even make any profit. I'd made like five bucks. It wasn't worth it. I'm talking for people that invested enough where they knew they would make significant profit. Like if you knew Ethereum's price went up to 2,000 bucks, you'd be jumping happy. That's how much you put in. I would just hang on to it because you can never know. When this thing dipped to like 900 bucks and I told people, might make sense to buy into this business. Remember, we're now double what that price was. So if you had bought in at 900 and just held the line, you just doubled your profit. I mean, Ethereum will recover every time. It just will have its dips like it will have its dips later this year. And when it does have those dips later this year, believe you me, I'm going to be all over that business because I see a key opportunity for some profit long-term, irrespective of what's happening with our United States government. All of that's just the way I think about it. You are free to do whatever you choose, including completely ignore what the hell I just said. You might've noticed that XRP started going on a run up somewhere between 11% and 15%. You're wondering what the hell is going on, especially because Luna Classic was crapping. There's specific couple of specific things. Number one, there's a theory that the whole, you know, BS judgment case around XRP is about to wind up here. And we're about to get a judgment finally and solve this for the last time, get it all done. Second, XRP ledger that's basically supported by Ripple. So Ripple's course behind XRP. So the ledger itself is getting more attention. It's getting more traction. There were chatters about even the government potentially leveraging at least part of this technology. Banks using part of this technology and being able to facilitate cross-currency there's all sorts of opportunities people see around the ledger and being able to pretty much optimize things that have been stuck in the stone ages for who knows how long. So all of this, it's again, it's by the rumors, sell the news. All these things people believe are going to happen or could are spiking the potential price here. Is it possible it dumps? Absolutely. Do I think it will dump? Absolutely. Because if people were smart, they would take profits. I've always said that. Take your profits. Don't just sit on it. Take profits. If people are really confident that that judgment comes through and they think it's going to shoot up 10x, which it could, I can't say it won't, it could, then by all means, hold and ignore me. I'm saying if I were you, I would take profits on that way up because you can't know what's going to happen. You can't get, you know, and it's gambling. And if you're a gambler, that's cool. I have nothing to say about it. Has anybody heard of the platform called SpankPay? I had never heard of this business, but Apparently, this was some sort of a crypto trading platform, payment platform, designed to support sex workers, quote unquote. I'm not going to use the official term for that, but sex workers. And it was spun up in response to the fact that these so-called, quote, sex workers were not able to get access to tools that would allow them to collect money to perform their trade of suspicious kinds in sketchy hotels. I think you follow what I'm saying. Well, apparently this business, the spank pay business was forced to shut down shop, close it all up, just like certain people had to close their legs. And so now the person in ahead of it, the person who was in charge, gave a report and said, you know, we don't like what happened. This was a real good thing for us. And we wanted to make a difference. We wanted to keep these sex workers safe because it was hard for them to do these transactions. And unfortunately, we got to do this. There were a lot of other ones out there. Hush 
was a token out there and some other ones. It's hard. And you got to think of the irony here. A sex worker who is, and just to be clear, sex workers are not illegal in every state in the United States. In some cases, it's actually legal. There's actually a brothel. I believe it's in somewhere in Nevada. That's perfectly legal, perfectly legal. That's where Lamar Odom was found all drugged up and knocked out. That's and almost died. That's where he was. So sex workers are actually legal in certain places. So it's not like it's a completely illicit thing, but it's certainly not accepted by the mainstream and definitely not accepted in the current softball era that we live in. So the attacks on those folks, it is what it is. In full disclosure, it is true that at one point I had, I was very good friends with two sex workers, both of which were stars of various movies and were the one of the first or two of the first to spin spearhead some of these uh, well-known uh, adult film sites out there. I'm trying to keep it PG. So I do have somewhat of an awareness of the business and the industry and how it works and the struggles and everything else. And I'm sympathetic to the cause. And I, I, it's, it's, it's a gift and a curse, but it's unfortunate that even this industry can't use, because if the government's to be believed, Cryptocurrency is nothing more than a safe haven for criminal behavior. But here we can't even get the sex workers the ability to collect money for their illicit activities through cryptocurrency. Even cryptocurrency can't save that industry. It's just a, it's a shame, shame, shame. The White House out here in the United States is at it again. They released a new report and in their new report, they said some things that really pissed people off. Basically what they said is, you know, digital cases, digital currencies rather, Digital currencies suck. They've not been fulfilling their use cases. Now it's funny because I've said the same thing. And that digital currencies present risks to consumers. They present risks to the financial system and they really should be abolished and we need to do something about this now. Deep, 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 deep. <laughs> so way back late last year, I said, and I'll direct quote myself, the United States government does not like cryptocurrency. The United States government wants to ban cryptocurrency because the current administration is anti-cryptocurrency and they're not your friend. And certain people didn't believe me, and that's cool. But what you're now seeing in all of the communique coming out of the current administration is simply validating what I said to be the truth, and I want people to come back and give my credit because I told you this was going to happen. Now, you're, some of you that are really, really smart people will say, well, Yes, you did say that. And yes, we see that now. We're listening. We're giving you your credit. What do we do about it? And I'll maintain what I said before. The only reason that they're allowed to win is that we let them win because people who sell out of fear allow them to win. All of the chatter coming out of the government is designed to suppress the success that rhymes of cryptocurrency. So the way to counter it is to do the opposite of what they want you to do. They want you to sell. They don't want you to hold it because they understand what it means if you hold it and you're successful. It is a gamble in a lot of cases. We all know that. But think about it. If you're confident in whichever cryptocurrency you choose to invest in and it happens to succeed, what happens to your life? And I'm not suggesting you FOMO in anything by any means. I'm saying what does happen if you were to have tossed $1,000 at different things and suddenly one of them does go to the moon, doop, 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 that's life-changing for you. It's completely life-changing. The government doesn't want that because it means you don't depend on them for those services. They want dependency on the government. That's why the case is still out there for the student loan waivers. That's why they did the, quote, stimmies tossing money at people that were pittances. That's why they were telling businesses 
you know what? We're going to bribe you to keep people hired during this pandemic. They want people dependent on the government. And the only way to defeat what you're seeing, especially with the price movement, is to do the opposite, the complete opposite of what they're, of what they're wanting you to do. And it's hard. It's psychological. I'm simply telling you because I already know the question. To beat them, you've got to do the opposite of what they're asking you to do. They're just not saying it outright, but you know that's what they want because they're telling you by way of consistently throwing messages about it's a risk this, it's a do to do and then you see banks completely fail, and in some cases, your money gets lost, and they're just like, well, you know, we got to bail out the banks and bail out the CEOs, da-da-da, too bad, so sad for you, and all this other stuff. Come on. It's obvious what's happening. What's happening is certain people and elements and groups and wealth levels are being protected at the expense of others. So you can completely ignore me as a tinfoil nutcase and I support your right to do it. I'm saying I challenge you. My challenge, my call to action is to really read and listen to what's being said about cryptocurrency and consider whether the action you're tempted to take is the best action in the interest of your own success long term. Meanwhile, the commissioner of the federal CFTC, basically, says Congress needs to order crypto regulators to actually cooperate. What does this all mean now? Now, this is a different thing. The CFTC, which is the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, has said, with commodities, we believe these cryptocurrencies are a commodity and it's in our purview to be able to oversee them and constrain them. Meanwhile, your Gary Gensler's of the world and the SEC have said, no, we hold dictate over cryptocurrencies, pretty much everything except Bitcoin because they're all securities. Ethereum is a security, this is a security. You heard it. CFTC is saying, look, Congress, this, this tug of war between children's got to stop and we need you to stop going rogue and putting out garbage, Gary Gensler, and threatening the business and killing prices and doing this. We need you to come sit down at the table with us, the CFTC, and together we can put together smart regulations because not doing so is irresponsible and childish, which, of course, I completely and emphatically agree. Do I think it's going to change? No. Do I think Gary Gins is going to do a damn thing? No. I think they're going to do whatever the almost swore there, all, whatever they feel like doing, because that's how Gary Gensler works, which is why I my impassioned plea to everybody listening to me, that rhymes, is to get those people out of office. And if you don't, you get what you're asking for. I'm serious. And I don't mean that to be mean. I'm saying you should want them out of here by now. So next time you get a chance, vote smart. Don't vote because of the person, whether you like them or not. It's not that. Vote for your own future. Let's talk a little bit about gaming. I'll come back to the government thing in a second. But I want to put on a lighter topic here. Gaming. Recently, Sony put out a patent, and the patent has to do with NFTs. And there's a theory this might tie into the PlayStation, because, of course, Sony's gaming inroad is around the PlayStation, you know, brand. And they were talking about something that I've talked about before, so perhaps somebody at Sony's listening to my show. If you are, hit me up at cryptotalkradio.net slash contact, and let's talk, Mr. or Mrs. Sony person because it's clear you stole my idea. And I'm not criticizing you stealing my idea. I'm saying, how much you give me my credit? Because of course it was my idea and those listening to me for a while heard me talk about it on my Zillica episode. So here's what's happening. Sony in this proposal said, you know what? These NFTs are pretty cool. We could use this for in-game DLC and art and you know avatars and weapons in the game, you know, new skills. We could totally, we could totally change the game with, with 
in-game purchases and all this stuff, doop, 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 which, again, those listening to me for a while, that's exactly what I said that they should be doing because it can truly change the whole deal and it would increase adoption of cryptocurrency if it's done right. Now, here's where we go south. Sony is not the one to do that. Sony will screw that up. Sony is not the right company to pull this off. Like if I had my wish list, if I have my druthers, I would want Sega to get some balls and say, you know what? We should not have let the console business. These console creators are screwing up. We need to create a console again. Let's do it right. Let's get some exclusive agreements. Let's bring Sonic back home where he belongs. Let's tell Sony, screw you. You can't, you can't have our hedgehog. Microsoft, you're cool. Or Nintendo, rather. Sorry. You know, Microsoft, you're cool. Sony, no, I'm not going to give you our hedgehog. Only Microsoft will play with Microsoft. Do a partnership with Microsoft for online gaming. Come out with an awesome console that's the best of the business and change the game. And then I want to see Sega get involved in cryptocurrency because I think they're the only ones that can actually pull it off. Problem with that is that the people in head of Sega are not brilliant enough to leverage cryptocurrency to its max degree. My point is, I want cryptocurrency to help with the in-game purchase fiasco and DLC chaos. I just don't want Sega to do or Sony to do it. That's all. It's not that I don't like the idea. I don't want Sega to do it because Sega's going to screw it up because they screw up every damn thing, just like they screwed up the PS5 launch. And don't say that they didn't just because it's out now. The point is it took us, what, two years to get to the point of stock, and that's crap, especially because there was a pandemic. And they could have taken the time to fix it had they chosen to, and they chose not to and let Nintendo overtake it. However, I digress. So now let's get back a little bit to the government. It's somewhat related. The IRS, speaking of NFTs, is discussing taxing NFTs like art and collectibles. So I said earlier that the reason I didn't think we're at a bull run yet is because we ain't heard from the IRS yet. Well, we just heard from the IRS and we heard what they're thinking of doing. None of this is official, but it's something you should think about. Ta classify NFTs as collectibles. Well, that's intriguing because if you think about the board eight yacht club people, geez, man, those people get taxed out the ass. I'll say that because you have to. They get taxed out the yin yang like crazy because of the money spent on that. All the nutcases that bought Trump NFTs for crazy amounts of money getting taxed out the yin yang for those. Let me just put on record right here and I'm in the audio. And if you don't like it, I want the smoke, but I support this. I support taxing NFTs as collectibles. You're like, but if you do that, you kill the business. Number one, yes, there is that part of me, that little piece on my shoulder that says I want to do that, but that's not the thing. The reason I support it as that is because we've always stated that they are supposed to be collectibles. And no, it's not the same as a baseball card because unfortunately the prices have been allowed to get out of whack. So now the game changes. Now, if we're going to treat them like collectible art, like you'd have in an art forum or up on a wall or something, and we're going to justify with Board 8 Yacht Club selling them for millions and millions and millions of dollars and all this crap, to me now, it's time to step up and pay the fair share. And I support that. I support that tax because it's going to help put tax back in the coffers. Two, it's going to lend itself to some sort of scrutiny so that the NFT space now has a little bit of oversight, but not crazy amounts of oversight. The other piece of this then is if they can somehow integrate this into the minter, not just the purchaser. So in other words, if you mint and you get that little fee, so that, you know, I get a 5%, 5% fee for every NFT that I mint and sell. Okay. I want to see that that gets, you get nailed to the wall on that one. 
Why? Because I want it to be somewhat of a disincentive to gouge people. The goal is not to make it to where you can't make any money, but I do think that the prices of some of these are completely out of whack. And I think people are reasonable enough to understand why I'm saying that. When you talk about, again, like the Trump NFTs, I like to dally. Those prices are nuts. You know the Board 8 Yacht Club is crap. You know the Dolce & Gabbana almost cussed stuff is crap. You know it's crap. You know the prices are crap. Okay, You know that people are getting fleeced. So if this is a way to, okay, let's get, get our fair share off these rich MFers, to me, I'm all bored with it. And then what we might see is a decline in the excessive amount of NFT spit it up because they won't then see value because they're just going to get nailed if they're in the United States. So it's a wish list. Do I think any of that will happen? No. Um, but it's a wish list, and it is something I would like to see because I think it would put some corral around what I believe is a runaway NFT industry, and that's my personal opinion. In closing, I talked a lot. This is going to be a little bit longer than the usual episode, but I thought it was important to cover a lot of these, especially share my thoughts, and, and of course, I'm feeling better. Big picture, though, I still say crypto will be fine in the long term. I think some turmoil is going to happen for the next couple of months. I think it's going to pass. I think we'll settle down. I think we're in a good spot. And if you're following any project that you're truly confident in, I would hold the line. If you're confident in them, for whatever reason that you are, I would hold the line. I would not I would not just drop and, and run because you see things are dipping because you could be missing on a key opportunity to make some really good profits. I'm just encouraging people to take profits. Don't just sit endlessly and miss out on a key opportunity to make some good money. If there's some pre-sales you have your eye on, by all means, again, just be careful. And most important, I'll say it again, I, I say it on frequent occasion, most important, right? Keep food on your table, keep roof over your head, take care of your people first, don't get stuck in it, don't YOLO, don't FOMO, don't just roll everything on it. You know, make sure it's stuff you can throw away. Make sure it's money you don't care if you lose it because you realize there's a high probability you could lose it. It's going to feel like gambling, that's because what it is at times. And I don't want anybody listening to my show to be getting wrecked, especially during very uncertain times. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.